Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Potter's beat writer for the Union Tribune. There's my boss, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, how are you today? I'm doing well, Kevin. How about yourself? How's the travel? Uh, I'm doing fantastic today. To have a night game after a day game is a uh, is a much needed uh, boost, and and it feels like it's been a while since uh, that happened, at least without uh, without travel. So, uh, and I'm assuming that the Padres, more importantly, more germane for the listeners, the watchers. <laughs> I think they're called viewers in real life. Uh, the uh, the Padres, I'm sure, were very, very grateful to have 27 hours between the end of yesterday's game and the scheduled start of today's game because this team, I'm telling you, this is one of those trips, man. They had every right to look a little sluggish yesterday. No, I, I agree. It's, it's never easy day game after day game with a trip thrown in between, even though they – you know, they don't travel like you and I, it's still, uh, it's, it's still something that you, you kind of have to throw in there. And, you know, Chris Paddock worked out of trouble in the second inning, I believe. And then he had a couple outs in the third and the little sort of sinking. I thought that was a pretty good pitch that Bryant hit for the single, you know, which, or well, it should have been a single. It turned into a triple, but didn't, didn't really matter as it turned out. But it was funny because watching the broadcast and I always love sort of when Mark Grant is, is on for many reasons, but especially when he, when he's sort of talking like, okay, here's the pitch I would throw here. Here's what they should do here. And he, with the pitch to Baez, it was sort of like, okay, change up in the dirt here. And instead it was a change up that was like right in the, it was like on a tee. And so the pitch selection wasn't bad. It was just obviously the execution of the pitch. And that was one of the home runs yesterday that would, would have been a home run on basically any day. At any day. The Cubs also hit a couple that, you know, hey, hit them in the wind and see what happens. It's The Padres could have done the same thing, didn't do it. But I, I would say overall, I mean, you look at the trip so far, the Padres split four games in Milwaukee. They won two out of three in Houston. So that's what, four and three. Now they're four and four, two games to go. It's one of those things you're getting the Cubs at kind of the wrong time. They were off to a pretty crummy start, but they've, they've been fantastic lately. They're in first place. Then you look at the weekend and the Mets are in first place. Uh, so, you know, not an easy time for the Padres. But, you know, it's also not a time to – they've lost two games in a row. It's the first time that's happened in like three weeks. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good run if you're, uh, if you're doing that. And not, not a not a good time to get Kyle Hendricks either. There, uh, look at don't look at the Kyle Hendricks ERA, the pitcher for the Cubs tonight. Look at the last month. Uh, it's, right. I think it's a two. There was this one start where maybe he allowed three runs. The others have been zero one. He's going eight innings, seven innings, six and two thirds. Uh, this guy is conf- he's one of those guys you're like, why is he in the major leagues? Because he, he knows how to pitch, man. Well, it was how like how many times did it look like that last year with Zach Davies when he was. You know, when he was with the Padres, kind of the same type of thing. Like, how how is this guy getting anybody out? He's and, he's not having a great year this year, but he's basically Kyle Hendricks, uh, yeah. you know, light yeah. or, or or what have you. Um, yeah, the Padres didn't get the ball in the air. The Cubs know how to play here. I, I wrote about this video they play uh, on the on the screen, and it's an Anthony Rizzo home run, and it basically is saying after all this science, you know. Um, that wouldn't have been a home run. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how Anthony Rizzo feels about that. No, <laughs> it's the opposing pitcher that goes, oh, oh. you know, Chris Paddock. <laughs> oh, that's what happens here. Um, look, the Padres, some of their their habits from earlier in the year, one of Jace uh, Tingler's favorite uh, terms, uh, pull side on the ground. That's a double play waiting to happen, baby. Right. Uh, and there would have been an extra one yesterday, or two extra. So they grounded into two of them. Uh, and then – in a span of three batters. 
in the span of three batters, four pitches, like, um, right. and they didn't do any, they didn't do any favors for poor Chris Paddock. So yeah. in the second inning, he throws 30 pitches. He gets hit on the, on the elbow protector uh, on the first pitch, two pitches later, Tommy Pham double play. <laughs> right. I think it was like two. Oh no. Uh, Manny Machado five pitch single. So that's great. Boom. Inning over Jake Cronenworth. Uh, yep. And then Chris Paddock has to go back out. Look, there were some really good change-ups yesterday from Chris. And then, you know, some pitches that didn't work. And, like, you know, it happens, right? It's not Coors Field, but, like, this is one of the quirky ballparks. You don't have to be terrible to have a terrible line here. So, should we play it forward then? Ryan Weathers, Denelson Lamar? Well, yeah, I think going forward with the pitching is interesting because, you know, the Padres have scored the second most runs in all of baseball or in the National League. They have the best ERA, I believe, still in all of baseball. And yet, it seems like pitching is like a big problem. And I don't think it is. They're teetering on the edge all the time. It it almost feels more like it could be a problem going down the line more than it's a problem now. And and Ryan Weathers is a perfect example of, of he's been one of their best pitchers without question. But he's basically a four inning pitcher. You know, and even if you say, oh, you got to stretch him out, maybe he goes to five. But as we've talked about, especially on here quite a bit, you're going to run into innings issues with Ryan Weathers at some point. Um, so I think there's a couple different issues, ways to attack discussion on pitching. And one of them, and I think you and I got the same email from a reader who said, we should explain the Padres okay. pitching philosophy here. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, We've explained it a lot, I think. I think we've talked about it a lot. You've written about it a lot. But the idea that pitchers aren't going deep into games, that's not necessarily by design. It's by design with Ryan Weathers. It's been by design with the Nelson Lamette. It's not by design for any of the other guys. You know, Chris Paddock is welcome to pitch seven innings anytime he wants, especially now that he's, you know, recovered from his illness. Joe Musgrove can go seven wants Blake Snell you know maybe he could go five at some point anytime he wants but so it's not necessarily a philosophy that's gone bad excuse me it's the pitching the pitchers that's gone gone bad yeah no absolutely I get another email from a very informed fan because of the you can tell by the the things that he writes that he's doing his research but it's he's talking about how I'm overblowing uh, and others are, he, he uh, says, are overblowing the overuse of the bullpen because that's what bullpens are built to do. No, no, not this one. You've got Miguel Diaz, you've got uh, Nabil Chrismat, who are your multi inning guys. Maybe you're Craig Stammen, okay? They can go to the rest are back end guys. This is not a bullpen. This is not the Rays. This is not the A's. Right, this, is a, right. this is a team that is built around counting on quality starts in a row. You know, counting on yeah. that we've got to use these three guys for one inning apiece this night, they get a rest. We got to use these three guys for one inning this night. Yes, a bullpen is made up of, of many parts. I, I'm very appreciative uh, watching, and Padres are very appreciative receiving the performances from Miguel Diaz and uh, Nabil Chrismat, uh that you get, you know, when you're maybe down or up six runs or when you got to fill in. But this is about spacing out your your, your relievers, and, and without a doubt, the starting pitching is letting it down. I had a note in the uh, in the newsletter today, and it, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was this bad. So the Padres went nine and zero in their last homestand. They got six. They got five quality starts and fifty innings. 
a right. 1.44 ERA by the starters in that span. On this trip, they are four and four. They have gotten one quality start and a six something ERA from the starters. That is not by design. Right. And that's, that's where guys need to, you know, the, the old guys need to step it up, but that's, that's basically what they need to do. I mean, they need to build some momentum, Blake, Jay. Blake Snell <laughs> needs, Blake Snell needs to pitch better. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be handled differently or whatever. He's been around a while. He's had some good seasons. He needs to, he needs to pitch better. Um, that's, a, you know, that's a case. And if he doesn't, then that's, a, you know, then you can, you can basically blame AJ Preller for making a bad trade. Because he made, he gave up a couple of pretty good prospects um, in pitching prospects in Patino and Wilcox. That you know, who knows how they're going to turn out. But right now, that looks like that looks like that has the potential of being a really bad trade. Now, that's look. You make trades, you're going to have good trades. You're going to have bad trades. You know, this is the same guy who traded for Fernando Tatis Jr. So that that buys him a little bit. He he got Jake Cronenworth from the. Uh, from the Rays, that was a pretty good deal. So it's not picking on anybody here, but I mean that right now that was a big trade for them. They gave up some really good assets in that trade, and right now it's not working out because Blake Snell has not been—he's been—I mean, for the most part, he's been terrible. If you want to, you know, forty-seven innings in eleven starts—that's brutal for a guy who didn't really have any innings limitations uh, on him. You know, Darvish has been really good. Um, did not have a great start the other day, but he's been really good. And and the Padres, I think, are, are now ten and one when he starts. Joe Musgrove's been pretty good. Couple bad outings, you know. Did a great thing for the team over the weekend. Um, you know, had a half a no hitter even. I'm with, telling uh, you, Jay, with that, two of his last three starts were as good as his no hitter. Right. Like I mean, in terms of what he did over the time he was in the game. Yeah. So I don't I don't worry about Joe Musgrove. Yeah. You know, going forward. I worry about Blake Snell and I worry about Paddock uh, as well. I mean, I think he had it going there for a while yesterday. You know, you're willing to forgive that, but now you have to see how he bounces back when he pitches this weekend against the Mets. And is it a case where, you know, he needs to sort of adjust again or what, but I, I know everybody wants to give up on Chris Paddock and he, he should be traded and sent to the minors and all this stuff. This is guy who still has not even pitched 250 innings in the big leagues. And I, I got to think he's still figuring things out. We know he's got a lot of talent and he's certainly not a guy that you're going to give up on at this point. But again, you, you know, you want to see more outings like the two before yesterday than you do yesterday, but people aren't going to be at their best every single time. Some of the swings that Chris Paddock got yesterday tells you Chris Paddock can still pitch. Now, yeah. look, you nailed it. This, this next start at home, he has to, bounce back. That's what a good pitcher will do after, you know, an outing that we're willing to sort of excuse here uh, in in Chicago. Um, So, I mean, I put yesterday, I mean, that, that game could have been 14 to 13 if the Padres had put some balls in the air. I put that that outing on the offense. I mean, Chris Pack didn't have a good game, but the pitching yesterday actually did a decent job of shutting down the Cubs outside of the, what, uh, five home runs. So, I mean, Look, that's what. And out, then, of con- and out of context, that would be a great. That would be a great comment. Read, read the story. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, two two legit home runs. Uh, and I, you know, hey, this hot lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. 
Located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. It's springtime, and that makes everything more fun. And at Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Escondido, we find it fun saving you money during our Memorial Day sales event. Buy now and save with 0% APR financing for 72 months on new 2021 select make and models we have in stock. So, if you need a new vehicle and another reason to smile and have fun, visit Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram online or in Escondido, San Diego. Serving the San Diego community for over 60 years, where we make shopping easy. Uh, To Nelson Lamette, I just think that he's about to be the Nelson Lamette. I don't know if it's today or uh, tomorrow, a day game, another day game at Wrigley. Uh, before mercifully uh, everyone here comes home. Uh, the But this last outing gets into the fourth. Um, who took him deep there? Is it Correa? No, it was not Correa. It wasn't one of their big guys. But no, I thought his jump was, was really good. Was it McCormick? Hugh, I think it was McCormick. Huge yeah. jump in, in, in pitches. Uh, the velocity was still there. The slider looked good. The last pitch... It wasn't really a slider. It was a pitch that he thought was going to be a slider. Um, and I thought Denelson Lamette looked really good. So did other people. And I think that there's a, a big jump coming there. And Jay, that is huge. That is Absolutely. based on what you have just spent some time talking about. Denelson Lamette pitching like Denelson Lamette is huge. I didn't see. That was the one game where I did not see the first part of that game. And looking at just the box score and sort of what happened with Lamette, it struck me as a case where he probably, under normal circumstances, should have been lifted before that last inning. But because of what was going on with the Padres and the bullpen, it seemed like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like Tingler and Rothschild were trying to buy one more inning out of him and say, yeah. all right, let's see what let's see if we can push one more inning and save one pitcher in the bullpen. And it ended up, you know, backfiring where he, you know, get what he gave up a hit and a home run, I think, um, mm-hmm. to start that next inning. But it, was a broken it sounded like, and a, and a yeah, it's, yep. it's, it sounded like, as you said, he pitched pretty well. So that would seem to be an encouraging sign. And again, now let's see tomorrow again, he's facing another really good team. Um, and I, I'm really eager to see how he pitches tomorrow. And if he continues to build on that, because if, if Denelson Lamette gets into the position where he's pitching like he did a year ago. Wow. I mean, look how much better that makes the Padres. Close to it, even. Close to it. Yeah, he doesn't have to have a two. He doesn't have to have his two ERA like he did last year. He could have a three ERA and just pitch six innings every game. And that would be huge for the rotation and it would be huge for the bullpen to buy them some more games, innings that they don't have to pitch. So big, so big. All right, so now we're going to come a little full circle here. I remembered what it was. Jay, you're familiar with this more than anyone, how my brain just tails off in the middle of a conversation. Earlier, well, especially when they're, especially when you're surrounded by mirrors like you are, <laughs> I could see where you would really oh, get Kevin. distracted. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, Earlier, before I decided to segue into pitching abruptly, I knew I was talking about something, and that was the double plays yesterday and how Jay Cronenworth uh, – beat out the back end of a double play. That would have been a third one. And the other one, and this segues into Fernando Tatis. Right. I don't know if you call that beating out a double play, avoiding a double play, I, but Fernando Tatis before the home run, which is his 16th home run and 137 at bats. He's hitting a home run every eight and a half at bats. It's mind boggling. He's hitting a home run half of the times he hits a fly ball. 
The MLB average is yeah. 15%. He's at 5-0. Oh, it's like, cool. all right. So he's coming this way. And and uh, Javi Baez, who used to be the best base runner in baseball, but he's not anymore, <laughs> uh, fields the ball, goes to tag Tatis. Tatis reverses course. Baez throws to first. Tatis runs to second now. Eric Sogard's waiting. The throw beats him. Tatis deeks left. Little dance move. Reaches his right foot in and beats the tag. And the best part, you have to see this. The best part is when, uh, what is it, Chris Berry? The Scott goes safe. Tatis is like, yeah. <laughs> and Sogard's just like, and there's no replay. It's just safe. Awesome. Well, that was the thing. And I, I mean, I've joked about it on Twitter many times because Tatis will usually it's it's he gets called out and then the Padres have to challenge. And then it turns out where he ends up. Of course, he ends up being safe because he does those matrix type moves to avoid tags, which is what he did again yesterday. And, and yesterday, I think it's Scott Barry was was the umpire. He just I, I think he was just like, yeah, it's Tatis. He was probably safe. So I'm just going to call him safe and we'll see if there's a replay. And I, I think Sogard kind of like thought, OK, let's replay this because Yesterday was the, yesterday was that was like watching an NFL game with pass interference um, where every there was a stretch of the game yesterday where every play guys were pointing to the dugout for for a safe or an out replay or something. But Sogard was kind of like, yeah, maybe we could replay that. And I, I think, I'm sure that David Ross just kind of looked at him and said, sorry, <laughs> he was yeah. safe. But that's the that's the stuff. And, you know, you talk about. We talked so many times about being able to watch Tatis on a daily basis. And it's not just the home runs every eight and a half at bats and whatever. And and yesterday's home run was not that far from the one that he hit at Wrigley two years ago, which they had just shown on the broadcast a short oh. time earlier, the the 468-foot home run, which I think is still the longest of his career. This one was a couple sections over toward right field, so it didn't travel quite as far. But it's not just... It's not just the power. It's the other stuff that you see. And it's the that's all part of like the joy he has playing the game is that stuff of avoiding tags and, you know, the dancing in the dugout and everything else. And it's it's, you know, as I've said before, we're really lucky to be able to watch him. And you just hope that it continues, you know, on, on many different levels, obviously, that he continues to be that kind of player, have that kind of fun that sort of thing. But I, I, I don't think we should never take that for granted that, that we get to watch this guy every day. The splits the other night. All right. Yeah. That's another one I meant to be yeah. Like it is amazing. Can there possibly be, cause I'm very aware of uh, the possibility that I get too focused on the Padres as, as fans do as media who cover the team. Sure. Do. We, don't, we don't have time in our day to watch 30 other teams, but I do see social media. There can't be another guy who goes viral just by missing a hit by pitch, not right. on the regular basis that right. Tatis does. This will be compiled. Remember the one where he went backward? There, like throughout his career, there will be like twelve times where he missed a pitch that are it's the most amazing thing we've ever seen. And all he did was miss a pitch. Through his um, career, it'll be like in a year or two. It'll be twelve <laughs> times. I mean, it just feels like that's Yesterday, how, especially as as often as he gets pitched inside. Um, there are a lot of times where he he's forced to uh, he's forced to do that, and and I will say occasionally he seems to sell it a little bit, Cheer! or maybe the pitch wasn't that close, but hey, but you know that's okay. It's, that's a part of him. It's part of him, exactly. It's part Comes of the, back, it's part of the, the show. Way. Right, he, right. He's waiting in there too, and I'm going to ask him about this. 
he's waiting in there too. I mean, obviously he's, he crowds the plate. Sure. He's waiting till last minute, man. And then it's like, but yeah, he's a little dramatic yesterday. And if you go to the park, watch him, just, just, just watch him. You're not going to miss anything. Just watch him. <laughs> um, yesterday, if you remember, uh, Manny bobbled the ball. And of course, then he threw the guy out. Right. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, and so I wanted to watch Manny's reaction because sometimes I want to see if he gives a little smile or if he's just cool Manny. And he was cool Manny. But then I stopped watching him because Tatis was dancing. Tatis was dancing to the music in between the play. Just... <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's just how are you this good? And also you dance. I remember I covered Jim Edmonds. And it right. kills old baseball people. Like, to, to Bill Bavese's credit, he just stopped watching Jim Edmonds between plays because he was so talented while playing. But old baseball guys would have been like, Fernando, you need to pay attention and stop dancing between right. plays. Right. <laughs> no, and it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's it probably talked too much about him. But, I mean, what you know, you also judge, look at the fans. I mean, you go to the games and, and at least the, the home games, there's no ovation as loud as a, as a Tatis ovation when just for the idea of player being introduced. I mean, we were both the, the day that he came back from his illness, he ran out on the field 10 minutes before the game to do, to do his sprints and people were cheering that he was back. So I, I think fans, fans clearly appreciate well, what there is. And, and of course, you know, look, everything's not perfect with him. You wrote about it the other day with his defense. He obviously needs to, to tighten up, on his defense, particularly his throwing. Um, the Padres say they're not concerned. Of course, they say, they say they're not concerned about Blake Snell either. But, I mean, what else are they going to say? But I do think he's 22 years old, and he's in a little bit, you know, guys go through hitting slumps. He's in a bit of a throwing slump. But I, I think as long as it stays out of his head, you know, he'll be fine. And I think that's a part of it, right? Like there is legitimacy too. that's been, it's not just for this story. It's been over a period of time where they talk about defense will come. The throwing will come him learning. You do see history with guys like Francisco Lindor um, of if you're super talented, sometimes it's really hard to just be normal. Um, you're going to make those incredible plays and you're going to blow the easy ones. That segment was brought to you by Hamul Casino. Real close, real friendly and really fun. Here is a message from our sponsor. Going out is back, and Hummel Casino has a great event. The All-Star Block Party, June 12th, with free food and celebrity events. All guests in the casino get $20 free play. The All-Star Block Party, Saturday, June 12th at Hummel Casino. Get back to getting out. Let's, and, and while we're talking Tatis, let's, let's talk about one of my favorite things, which I never used to be a big lineup guy, and I'm still not a huge lineup guy, but I still... And Trent Grisham, as far as we know, will be back today and presumably hitting leadoff, which will drop Tommy Pham out of the leadoff spot. Pham's come on lately. is not the punching bag that, you know, he, he was for the first six weeks um, or month or so. He's been he's been pretty good lately. And, but he'll drop in, down in the order, which makes the ball a little bit better. I still don't like Tatis hitting fourth because I just think the best hitter on your team He's got to hit in the first inning. You've got to guarantee him an at-bat in the first inning. And and over the long haul, it's going to cost him a few at-bats in the season. And I just think he needs to be he needs to be moved up. And, and if that pushes Cronenworth down into the four, five, six spot, I mean, to me, I, I looked at their numbers for the year. Cronenworth and Hosmer have been almost identical 
as hitters this year. I think their adjusted OPSs are like five points apart or something like that. Cronenworth is a little bit better. But one of those guys should hit fourth, probably Hosmer. You know, put Myers fifth, Cronenworth sixth, reverse them if you want, if there's a right-handed pitcher or whatever you want to do. But I just think Tatis and Machado need to be in the two, three spots. Thoughts? the more that you talk about it, uh, the more I'm, I'm down with it. And obviously your, your your baseline argument makes all the sense in the world. The number of times that Fernando Tatis Jr. is the first hitter in the second inning is, is pretty high. And, you know, and I think it would obviously help uh, Machado. The way that Jace Tingler sees it, and I do think it works. I don't know that um, – I don't know the other team's bullpen as well as I know the Padres' bullpen. But you don't see a lot of matchup stuff with the – or as, as much as you might see if there weren't the three-batter minimum because Jace Tingler goes left, right, left, right, left, right as much right. as he can. You're going to drop Cronenworth probably to sixth if you're going to do what you say, and that's fine. The strength of this lineup is having a guy like Cronenworth hitting sixth or right. maybe, you know – but I'm basing that off the fact that I think it's Hosmer that they prefer in the cleanup spot mm-hmm. if you're going to do what you're talking about. Sure. And then you would go right-handed Will Myers, and then you would go left-handed Jay Cronenworth. He's got the switch hitters he can put at the bottom after Tommy Pham bats seventh. So, yeah, with, with, I, I, will, I will be surprised if uh, there's not a change here at some point. And I was thinking that yesterday as he was, again, batting first in the second inning. Right. I mean, you know, one of the reasons I think they took him out of the leadoff spot to begin with, <clears throat> not only is Grisham good there, but you had him, you know, batting in positions where there was nobody on base in in front of him too often, either at the start of the game or even at other points in the game where the likelihood of the eight, nine guys being on base is a lot less than if the one, two, three guys are on base. So, but again, if you put him in the, in the two spot or the three spot, you know, I mean, look, how, look at the pitches Machado might get to hit if you put Machado second and Tatis third. You know, are you going to pitch around Machado as much if you've got Tatis behind him? I, I just and I know they like the left right, but there's not a lot of. Oh, match, and at match some point you can go back to guys. back. I mean, without a doubt, in the front. And if you're talking about Tatis and Machado, then right. you know that's not. You're talking about late inning uh, relievers where I just I think it's worked out really well what what uh, what Jay Singler ha- has done there and. Certainly, that is why they moved Tatis out of the leadoff spot. I mean, Jace Tingler, and I don't know what gets into him sometimes, if he just knows that he can't, you know, BS anymore, uh, or if he if it's an accident, because he works very hard to not say anything. But uh, <laughs> at one point, he was like, yeah, I mean, I, I want to get this guy some RBI situations. I mean, uh, right. so. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you know, you talk about the job they've done and the lineup working. They're still, as I mentioned at the top here, they're second in the league in runs scored and they didn't have Tatis for what is it? 17 games. And they missed Myers for, you know, 10 or whatever. And Hosmer was, I mean, they, they've had a lot of guys missing and they Today still, the first time in almost a month, right? Grisham's been out. I mean, they, there's been a lot of guys missing and they've still been producing for the most part. And uh, I think a, a little bit of that is, you know, obviously they got seven runs in the extra inning the other night, which, which is a little different than starting an inning, you know, with the nobody on base. Is MIA and uh, yeah. I, look, I've asked about it. I mean, I'm not a hitting coach. I mean, I've asked about it. It's going to come around, and I got no choice to believe, but but to believe it because the history is there. Not just like a little bit. There, the history is there with these guys. They're going to start hitting doubles, home runs. Uh, you know, it's impressive that what they've done. But I would say, Jay, that before we go, like it's imperative that they start hitting more home runs. Yeah. No, I would, 
I would I would okay. agree, and uh, and we'll talk uh, we'll talk more on Thursday um, about how difficult that might be, especially against a certain Mets pitcher who will <laughs> be uh, who will be on the mound at Petco Park this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. It depends how the Mets work their uh, work their rotation, but we'll. Uh, I hope it's Sunday, or my granddaughter is gonna she's gonna have hell to pay for having her first birthday party on Saturday if I got a Mystic wrong. <laughs> Oh man, what do you? I know these these kids today, Kevin. What are you going to do with them, right? So, so selfish. I don't even know what she is. What would she be? A a sub millennial? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. You'll you'll figure it out. So all right. Anyway, it's uh, we've got two more games to watch in Chicago. Then you've got a nice long flight home, and we will talk to you on Thursday from the home office. The home office. Talk to you then. Thanks, everybody.